Hello everyone and welcome to the show. In case you haven't tuned in before, my name is Julia Bendis. I'm a matchmaker and relationship coach for singles as well as couples and my website is matchbyjulia.com. Over the last 15 years or so, I have interviewed many guests, mainly experts in the field of matchmaking and dating. Well, some were experts, others just call themselves experts, but we won't talk about it right now. And I have been interviewed by various publications, podcasts, and radio shows, as well as interviewed my own special guests. However, I decided to open the podcast up to all of you past and current clients, future potential clients, singles, couples, and anyone who would like to discuss their own experience in the dating arena, your struggle with online dating, dating in general, as well as to offer singles a chance to share their story and a possibility to meet a great partner who might be listening. Some names will be changed to protect the privacy of the guest, but some will be sharing their real names. You can lend your voice, your experience as a couple, or as someone who's looking for love to share the good, the bad, and everything in between as it pertains to relationships, online dating, dating during this crazy time of COVID-19 pandemic, race, racism, and how it affects dating, and the struggles that everyone is experiencing this whole 2020 year. We all know how difficult and stressful this year has been. All of your stories will help others, not to mention the sheer therapy of just talking about it will benefit you as well. I'm also working on my second book called Confessions of a Matchmaker, where your feedback, stories, and experience will be invaluable. And again, all names and ages will be changed. So if you'd rather stay anonymous, it will be highly respected. If you would like to be considered as a guest for this podcast, please reach out and share with your friends who might benefit from listening or being a guest. The website again is matchbyjulia.com. And don't forget to order your copy of my new book called No Smiling Aloud, Growing Up in Soviet Russia, and other funny stories from a Jewish immigrant. I thank you for listening, and I hope you truly enjoy it and benefit from it. Welcome back, everyone. I'm so glad you're tuning in again. Today, I'm talking about the emotional toll that this pandemic has taken on so many people. And as we all know, COVID-19 or coronavirus, whatever you want to call it, has been ravaging the world for many months now. We have all been in self-quarantine under strict stay-at-home orders, some alone, some with kids, others with their partners and kids. Everyone has been having a hard time, physically, emotionally, financially, and in every other possible way. I myself have struggled with a roller coaster of emotions, and I really wanted to talk about it. I really, I, I consider myself to be more emotional uh, than most people, and as some would say, more sensitive than most, although I don't know how I feel about that word. So who better to have on than someone I have talked to before a few years ago, and her name is Justine Luzzi. She is an intuitive reader, spiritual guide, and an empath mentor. Her website is justineluzzi.com, and we'll spell it out. It's J-U-S-T-I-N-E-L-U-Z-Z-I.com. 
welcome back to the show and tell me if I um, pronounced it right. <laughs> yeah, you got it right. Thanks. Yay. <laughs> All right. So before we get right into our topic, let, tell everyone exactly what you do and then we'll kind of get into everything. Awesome. So yeah, you hit it right on the head. I am a spiritual guide, um, an intuitive reader. I actually do live Facebook uh, readings uh, Monday through Friday um, on send me a friend request. Um, and basically you'll be able to see my schedule for the week. Um, and I do that and I do do private readings as well. Um, and I am what I call an empath whisperer, um, or empath mentor. So being an empath is something that I discovered seven years ago. And basically it's like the clouds parted because I finally had vocabulary to how I was feeling and experiencing the world. So mm -hmm. I find it, um, that many, many people, you know, I would describe you as empathic and we really connect. They just started gravitating towards me and there's just a lot that we don't talk about about how to manage ourselves because it is, you know, it's partly, you know, I hear people saying how it's a curse um, and just looking at it in a really negative way. And yes, times like now, it could kind of feel that way. But if we can just manage our energy, our emotions, um, our relationships, and um, what I call our empathic abilities, um, I think that um, we would be in good shape. So I, that is one of my life's missions is to just make sure that um, we really know ourselves and, and know how to manage ourselves. Right. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I used to take that so personal and in such a negative way when people would tell me, you know, you're so sensitive. You're just too sensitive. You need to stop being so sensitive. And I kept thinking, why are you using it in such a negative way? I love that I'm a sensitive person. I love that I'm raising sensitive boys. And it has become, that word has always been associated with so much negativity. So, you know, when I refer to myself as sensitive, I, I like it because I feel for people and I'm emotional and I'm able to, although sometimes, especially right now, it is so hard because we feel so much for everyone. You know, so I guess my question to you is, what do you tell someone like myself and yourself and your clients who are normally a pretty sensitive, empathetic people, uh, but we're already on edge, feeling everything, empathizing with everyone and everything, taking, you know, every tragedy of the world and putting it on our shoulders. What, what do you tell people right now? Because right now, we, we've never lived through anything like this, right? At least my generation, your generation. So what advice do you give people and how do you, how do you have your clients coping with this? Because, you know, I feel like sometimes I'll lose my mind with so yeah. much going yeah, on. Yeah, there's really so much going on, like between like, First of all, there's this whole movement going on with social change right now, right? So I yes. feel like that's its own like beast. And then on top of that, it's about, you know, most empaths are introverted, but some are extroverted. So being, you know, tied to the house all day is not exactly um, the greatest thing. Um, so I can see a lot of 
emotional turmoil in that way. But, um, and then on top of that, you know, the, the medical part of things, a lot of people are getting sick and just thinking about, you know, I personally had two family members actually on respirators and, you know, like they got it really bad, underlying issues. Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, I don't know if you've been hearing all this stuff, people think it's, you know. Oh um, yeah. That it's just like a cold. It's just a cold. Don't worry about it. Right. When we know like in reality that it's really not. So there's a lot of things, there's a lot of moving parts, but basically for each separate thing, it's really about different tools. Um, And really the tools are about like going back to basics. So like, for example, like a very simple thing that a lot of people don't, a lot of empaths don't follow is, you know, manage your intake of the news, for example. Um, it's just not, I you, you can see a very stark difference. Um, if you really just, what I do is I just, you know, I check, um, uh, maybe like the Huffington post or yahoo.com. And I just get like basic headlines for the day. So you stay informed because like I mentioned, right, there's a lot of social issues and social change happening. Um, you stay informed, but you don't really absorb it so much. There are some empaths that I know that like literally have the like CNN on in the background, like constantly. Oh, so like, no. if you think I can't that, do yeah, that. Right. <laughs> you can feel a noticeable difference. Right. Like it's, it's pretty crazy. So yeah, that's like a basic thing where you can just, and I, I challenge anybody listening to just do that for like a week if you feel like, um, because I think like sometimes we feel like the more knowledge, the better, but it's really kind of the opposite. It's it's really being selective on, on what you take in. Um, that mm-hmm. could be really helpful. So manage the intake of all the news and, and remove some of the intake too, right? So uh, limit to what you're, seeing out there, um, which I, I have made a conscious decision to not watch the news at all. Um, and I have to ask my husband to stop, or at least when he knows I'm walking in the room, he turns it off because I can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, just w- like you said, with everything, with all the things going on, and we had so much negativity with Black people getting killed by cops and you know, const- the constant never-ending videos of that alone. I couldn't take it anymore. I just couldn't, you know, it was just devastating. I pictured that every person was my child, you know, cause you, you, you right. take it in personally, right? I feel like as an empath and someone like ourselves, we imagine our own family going through that. We imagine ourselves going through that. So it's called empathy, right? Not just being sympathetic, but also feeling it ourselves. So I've had to remove a lot of the intake of the news and everything else. Uh, What else would you say would be a good idea? Well, actually touching on that, I feel like, I feel like as empaths, part of how we are with, with the, um, you know, having a lot of empathy is that we really do kind of want to save people a lot you know we have like that that savior type type uh i guess we can call it like an archetype so Mm -hmm. i totally hear you on the fact of like you know i think about you know i'm 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 a white person right um and i wouldn't know at all what the experience is like for a person of color right but Mm -hmm. obviously empathy plays a big part in who i am so i can feel you know for the you know, I can empathize as much as I possibly can without experiencing it um, by being an empath. And then there comes that savior complex. So I think a lot of times, and maybe you can speak to this too, is that 
on top of all this emotional turmoil that you're actually feeling, there is like this extra added like guilt and like shame that is kind of, I think is, I've been hearing this a lot from my clients, like kind of debilitating them in a way um, where it's almost like we get like obsessive about it, if that makes sense. And and guilt and shame is really the two lowest vibrational energies that you can really, um, really kind of feel. So you kind of counteract like what, being an empath is all about and being an empath is all about is using your your ability to empathize with people for good but you can if you are debilitated by guilt and shame does that make sense it does it really really does because for a long time you know i kept and you know it's funny i just did a a comedy show yesterday which uh it kind of what you said earlier, being an extroverted empath, which I think I am because I I have that constant need to entertain people and to make people laugh. And I think that's part of me being an empath, always wanting to make someone's life better, make them laugh because we're going through such a hard time. And I go overboard with that sometimes because it's at my own expense. Maybe I don't want to laugh, but I'm trying to make other people laugh. You know, and so that's kind of like what you're talking about, too. So I've had the guilt. I've had that constant need to entertain, to make things better. And that takes a toll on me as well. I mean, I think I'm naturally, you know, just a funny person. I like being funny. But during this time, I feel like I've been doing it like it's been overboard, you know, too much trying to make people comfortable, trying to make people laugh, forget the pain. And, and that guilt that you talked about, I definitely, I mean, I'm Jewish. So we always live with that guilt, you know, (laughs) the Catholic guilt, the Jewish guilt, the whatever, you know, Um, but but at the same time, yeah, I always think about that. And I tell my boys, like, you know, you will probably hopefully never encounter the fact that you're driving at night and a cop pulls you over and you're like, crap, what do I do? You know, as a white person, you know, even though we're Jewish, we don't, they don't know we're Jewish. They don't really harass us. You know, although I've had a pretty bad experience with our local police department um, when they did find out I was Jewish, but that's besides the point. Normally we don't get harassed because we are white you know, and that's what I constantly tell my boys. And they're like, mom, you're making me feel guilty for being white. I'm like, oh, so I'm transferring that energy onto them. And that's, I have to remember not to do that, you know, because I keep trying to teach them and teach them and show them how others have it so much worse. And they're like, we get it, mom. We understand you need to stop with the guilt because they're feeling it too. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And I feel like, um, like being emotionally free and being able to release those emotions is something that like you can obviously as an empath, as you said, we really feel emotions very deeply. So you can kind of pinpoint those emotions pretty quickly. So we know Mm -hmm. that guilt, shame are very, very heavy type emotions. So being able to release them and not holding on to that for so long, um, is definitely key. And obviously that takes practice. I'm very clear that every time I say release emotions or let go, it's like a process. And that process includes, you know, whatever feels good to you, you know, as an intuitive, I'm always saying, you know, do whatever healing modality works best for you. You'll know it when you do it. Um, Obviously it'll feel good. 
Um, so like whether that's journaling or meditating and really kind of going back to basics, maybe drinking more water. And that is all connected because your body is the hub for holding these emotions. So keeping, sure. you know, your body clean, you know, eating, eating well, um, exercising, moving your body and things like that, you know, I know all these things that I'm saying are, are quote unquote basics, but a lot of empaths just don't do that. <laughs> you know, they just right. don't. Um, I think we forget too. And that's so important what you said, because I, I have physically felt that, right. uh, you know, that, that pain. So whatever it is that we're going through, my body ends up taking a toll as well, because I'm just taking it all in, taking it all in. I'm not talking about it. I'm not doing anything but stressing and mm -hmm. feeling it, right? Emotion, emotionally, I'm feeling it. But then you're right when I go work out or I go or I'm dancing or even just laughing and watching a comedy and kind of trying to find a way to forget about it to, um, you know, like they say, people always go to the movies, right? And the, that d even during the war, people go to the movies. Well, now we can't even go to the movies. Right. So, but thank God we have Netflix and Prime and all that stuff. So mm -hmm. I think that's so important what you're saying, drinking enough water, taking care of yourself, probably diet too, right? Not forgetting to eat on time and eating healthy. Definitely. Right. And I, I would say movement is definitely a big one as well. Like mm -hmm. I, I think because we're indoors all the time, we forget, um, you know, thankfully it started in March where, you know, um, it w I think it was like around 50 degrees or so um, here on the East coast. Um, so I think most of the country for the most part could get out in, in semi nice weather. Um, but, uh, and now is good. It's in the summertime, but just moving your body and kind of, getting those emotions moving and getting out and all that stuff. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, emotions need to be acknowledged, felt and released. It's, it's literally, and I understand it's not that, you know, quote unquote simple, um, but that's really kind of the cycle of it. And I think people just expend more energy trying to keep it down or numb it, like you were saying. Um, and it, it's just, it's really doing them more harm than good. So Right. Right. I, I agree. And, you know, for me personally, doing something about it always makes me feel better. I think that's why, you know, I go and I do these record these comedy shows or I, I do something that is funny or fun for me. So or even just helping others, you know, like what I always say for my clients, for my matchmaking clients, too, is, you know, when you help others, you, it makes you feel good. Obviously you shouldn't be doing it just for that. But even in this time, right. Volunteering with uh, black lives matter organization, you know, or doing something for other people or helping refugees or to me, that's helpful. But then again, like, you know, my husband will say, but you're just crying even more now because of what you saw, you know, volunteering or helping these people. So it's kind of like he thinks it's totally counterproductive because here I am helping others and all I'm doing is crying about their their plight, you know, about their their issues and what they're going through. But it helps me knowing yeah. that I'm doing something, right? So I don't know, is that counterintuitive? Is it <laughs> counterproductive? I actually tell my clients, um, be mindful of what you, what you can do. So I actually, have that problem where I can't physically volunteer some of the times because it's like extremely too painful for me. So I just put, you know, money 
money to the organization. Like that's just like another way, like you're still helping, but you're not necessarily like doing it in a physical way. Right. Which is still yeah. fine. You just have to manage, you, you know, you have to just be very conscious of where, where you are. Right. So I get that, but if you can do it, definitely do it, but be honest with yourself, you know, um, right. the idea is not to, um, Overstimulate yourself while yeah. you're helping others. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Which I feel like, you know, I'm 44 years old and I feel like most of my life, that is what I've been doing. I've been yeah. doing it even though it hurts me, but I'm doing it because I need to do it to help others. And this is everything that we teach others to do and kids, you know, help others, help others. But if you, what if you're a child? that's an empath. What if you're a child who is just very, very sensitive and emotional and takes everything, you know, unlike most kids who are just, eh, whatever. Right. But there are children that are super, um, super sensitive, super, um, empathetic and they, it, it actually hurts them. Right. So I wish I learned this by 10, 20, 30 years ago, you know, <laughs> Because it's so true what you're saying. I continue to do these things that, you know, I was going to school for social work and it was hurting me emotionally and physically and in every way so much because I just, I couldn't take it, but I kept doing it. Yeah. Right. Totally. Yeah. I wish I knew this when I was a kid as well. I, when I was a child in my teen years, like obviously your hormones are like already going crazy, but I was literally picking up other people's emotions as well, wow. not just feeling my own intensely, like literally picking up other people. Like I actually distinctly remember, like I used to like feel really depressed, but I didn't know why. And mm -hmm. then it turned out like a lot of, you know, obviously people go through that like as in their teen years. Um, and I was like picking it up from like a friend of mine that was pretty depressed. And mm -hmm. it's, I just never put two and two together. Yeah, I was late to the game as well. I didn't figure all this out until I was like 26 or 27. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it really is better sometimes to donate money or donate items or clothing or whatever it is, yeah. uh, maybe materialistic things, because sometimes you're just not able, which just sounds terrible, right? Telling people don't go volunteer, don't help. But for <laughs> you have, you can't be helping others when you are yourself are not all right when you're hurting, right? And emotionally, physically, in any way. So it's, it's really, it's true, but see the guilt in me, it's like, oh, how can I be possibly saying that, you know? <laughs> but it's, if you can't, it's like when they say, you know, the mother needs to take care of herself first before she can help the child or that whole oxygen mask thing at the, on the plane, you know? Right, definitely, for sure. Well, but we continue to do it. And I think, do, do you think that it's um, common for women to continue to do things, even though it's hurting us or upsetting us or taking a toll on us, but we continue to do it more than men? Do you find that? Or do you think it's the same with men? No, I find that to be extremely true. I am obviously an advocate for like women's empowerment and I just feel like there's a lot of this, and I grew up this way where there's a lot of pressure to like self-sacrifice, like love is self-sacrifice in that way. Oh, that is such a great word for it. I, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm taking notes. So <laughs> self-sacrifice. Yes, that's exactly what it is. 
Right. And we think that it's, um, it's virtuous, but it's actually, um, it, it's like a form of martyrdom where, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's almost like there's a lot of resentment that can build from it and does build from it. I can talk about that in my own, you know, looking at the women in my own family and they were kind of brought up that way. And I, I distinctly remember being like, you know, as I was growing up, like this, this can't be this can't be real. Like this can't be true. Um, and, wow. and obviously as an intuitive, I kind of figured that out like later in life, um, that really love isn't self-sacrifice. It's really, it's about, it's almost like wanting the other person, like you're do you're not actually doing it because you want to do it. It's almost because you want to like be liked or you're looking for like some type of external validation in that way. So mm-hmm. it definitely does lead to, to a lot of resentment and obviously feeling that resentment resentment in your body as an empath is just not a good feeling at all. That's another like really heavy one. So yeah. yeah. Wow. That's so true. And you do see that more with women, right? Definitely. Just it's Definitely. it's like whether we have children or not, we just have this maternal instinct to take care of everyone and right. do it through the pain, do it through this our own suffering. And yeah, it's so true. Wow. I mean, I'm still learning. Every time I talk to you, I learn more and more, you know? And um, so for those people that would like a reading with you, because I know you did it for me and it was so amazing. It was so eye-opening. And I, I just love this stuff, you know, like I, I eat it up. I, you know, I believe in it. And I know we all have this intuition. We just, a lot of people don't know how to identify it right how to go with it and if they do identify it a lot of times we go against our gut which is kind of with matchmaking you know i'm always going with my gut and when i don't later on i learn my lesson that oh i shouldn't have done that you know i shouldn't have set them up i had a bad feeling about it but you know their hobbies are aligned their interests align this is what he wants but in the end it was not a good match and i so we, we have to, I guess, how do you teach people to, I don't know if you can teach them, to not only tap into their own intuition, right? Because we all have it. We just don't know how to use it, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I actually come from the perspective that I believe everybody's intuitive, but just when you're empathic, you have the ability to be more sensitive, right? So mm-hmm. that includes being more sensitive to your intuition, right? So you're, yeah. you're probably more intuitive as an empath just for that reason, but everybody is intuitive. I mean, and I think it's just not talked about and I don't really know why. I think people, obviously, well, obviously there's still like a stigma around it. Um, I even try to not to, some people use the words like intuitive and psychic together. I actually tried to steer away from using the word psychic altogether because mm-hmm. of that, you know, there's definitely a stigma around that word. Um, but basically we do have these gifts um, that were given to us um, from the universe. That's what I believe. And uh, just like a basically another tool to kind of navigate life and basically anything down from like, you know, you're sitting down on a chair and you turn around because you feel like somebody is staring at you and somebody is staring at you, right? That's actually mm-hmm. an intuitive moment, right? Wow. <laughs> because, yeah, you felt it. And and it happens to many people, but we're not, for some reason, we, we don't think anything of it or anything like that. But that's really, um, 
your intuition coming into play, right? You felt somebody really? was actually looking at you. So yeah, so there's there's um, small things like that. Like you think of someone and they call you. I can think of a thousand different things. And even dreams can be a, an intuitive channel, right? If you think about it. Um, yeah. Many people definitely experience um, either messages or interpretations from dreams. So yeah, intuition is just a, an extra tool. I think that is super important for, for empaths um, to kind of utilize because obviously, like we were saying, you know, it comes into, you know, um, managing your energy and being intuitive about it, being like, can I go volunteer today? Um, do I have the energy to do that? And your body will tell you, right? Um, so yeah, it's like a really great tool. And, um, I am thinking about putting out a course, um, about really developing that because again, not just with empaths, with everybody, it's just a really great skill to kind of master. Of course. I, I think it's, it would be great if we could teach this to children, especially yes. those who are struggling, you know, with peer pressure, with school, with everything. I, I wish there was something, I mean, even a, I think about myself as a teenager or my boys to teach them how to pay attention to that and how to listen to their intuition, listen to their gut. And, you know, I think with my 15 year old, he's more inclined to listening to me about this stuff. I, I don't know why. I mean, my 20 year old is just already kind of pretty much formed, you know, but but he's told me that he said, you know, mom, I, I took your advice and I had this weird feeling and I decided to go with it. And I was right. I shouldn't have gone because they went somewhere they weren't supposed to, or they did something or something happened, you know? Yeah. And I love that. And I tell my clients that the same, same thing, but you know, they're adults and they don't always listen. <laughs> I wish they would. I wish I could force them, but it's such a great tool. And I think, um, and right now, I mean, what, um, what are you offering for, for people that want, not just the reading, but want to learn more about it? I understand you're doing some, um, is it workshops or you yeah, do kind of sessions? I think I'm going, so to book a, a reading with me, um, it's, uh, I can, uh, I don't know if you're putting show notes or anything, but basically, um, oh, you can book on actually too um but yeah it's about 75 dollars for the hour and usually that's um for anything that you really need clarity on and most of the time the people that gravitate towards me do feel like they do have some like they want to develop their intuitive gifts and i can actually do a reading around like what's your strongest gift and um you know give you a little bit more insight on that in the reading actually so um i find that very interesting a lot of times it does come up and a lot of times it's really funny. I'm just like pretty much validating people where I'm like, has anybody ever told you you're very intuitive? And they're like, oh yeah, I, I kind of <laughs> felt that. I was like, there we go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm thinking about doing a course. Um, it'll probably be like a four week course, but it's been like a kind of a crazy few weeks. I actually just moved. And by the way, I moved closer to a park so I can be near nature for oh, my as an empath <laughs> yeah. so um because i live in new york city if people don't know so it's far and in between to find um find a tree some or some yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right um uh, i hear you yeah yeah so um i am going to be putting out a course soon um and i think it'll just be more of um not like super interactive like some recorded videos and then obviously like access to me so i'm still mm -hmm. figuring it out so do you think, and do you tell people, talk about, you know, 
talking about nature and everything, but I don't know how much you believe in like horoscope and your astrological sign and all that, which I don't know anything about and never really fully believed in it. But the older I get and the more people tell me, you know, well, you're a water sign, so you should be doing this or you that. And, you know, a lot of it makes sense. How much of it do you believe and how much of it do you go by? Yeah, there's so many different branches of like spirituality. So astrology is not like my strong suit, but I definitely really resonate with being a Gemini. Like everything I read about it is super, is exactly me basically. Wow. But but I feel like it's actually pertaining to more of like your personality in that way and where I actually do more of, so I really believe like you have your personality and then you have your soul, right? And I believe in incarnation, reincarnation. And um, like, so basically I do more like soul work than I do personality work. So that's kind of how I like break it down. Um, but there are many spiritual teachers that do astrology and I 100% believe um, in it one you know like everything i read is definitely on point so wow yeah and i just never really know much about it didn't really grow up you know even really knowing much about that but the more i read the more i'm like oh okay this kind of makes sense you know but then of course my kids laugh at me i'm like mom you can make it you know anything it's very general like yeah but if you start reading more about your own sign and you get really deep into it it really makes sense. And the whole, you know, when you were born and where the sun was and everything, I mean, it has to affect you, right? It has to affect how you were born and when you were born and just the stars aligning and everything. I don't know. I mean, it sounds fascinating. Yeah. The moon cycles really resonate with me as well. Like I don't even have to know when like the full moon is because I'll feel it. (laughs) Really? So what do you feel? It's, I, I'm dying to know. How do you know? What do you feel? It, like it feels like different, like different things. So like, I believe, and again, I'm not like an expert astrologer. So um, forgive me on this, but I believe like the full moon is more about um, letting go and releasing. So if I feel like I'm, I'm like at a point where I can't, like I'm at a friendship that's like really um, kind of toxic and I've kind of had like my last um straw with this person and then I feel like very much like okay this might be coming to an end like I find out like the full moon is like tomorrow or something like that wow um yeah and I think I think um the full moon and then um yeah I think I think it's like mostly about like letting go and and then you kind of feel I don't know I feel like I don't know what's the word um, <laughs> oriented kind of like I like uh-huh. I don't know I feel like not right and then lo and behold I find something out is off yeah. yeah something is off and we're in some type of moon cycle and I'm like oh this makes a lot of sense and the yeah. same thing actually with like the retrogrades so um, yeah see I don't know much about that either I can't say that I really understand it what exactly does that mean yeah, each one means something completely different. Yeah, it's you have to be like an expert in a lot of this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like to achieve, I know, I like, love how we started with one thing and now we're here. But <laughs> it's interesting though. Yeah. But yeah, it, I mean, stuff like that, I mean, it's relevant. It definitely affects you if you're sensitive, right? Um, to this stuff. So yeah, um, yeah, each one means like a different thing. So, right. So, mm-hmm. and then, um, does that when you talk about the reading is that also like part of what you do the the empath empowerment session do you want to talk about that a little bit like what yeah so basically 
Yeah. So basically, um, I offer right now a 90 minute intensive, I call it. So it's done over Zoom. And basically, it's for anybody that, and it's usually people that book a card reading with me first and, and really feel like they need a lot more. Um, it's more coaching, honestly. Um, I do do a little bit of coaching when I do the cards, but it's if they need a little bit more tools and a little bit more um, how to move forward um, as an empath and just. Um, it's really to get them leaving the session, the 90 minutes with me feeling more empowered. Um, like I said earlier, a lot of people think it's like a curse, um, but it's really a blessing. So I really try to flip things in the session and really give them tools that they can utilize um, for a lot of this stuff. And I talk about um, the four pillars of, um, I, I call it like of the empaths or like survival guide, basically. Oh, tell me, I want to know about this. Yes. Yeah, so the four pillars are, um, we must have empowering relationships. Um, we must learn to, um, have energy management. Um, we must learn to master our empathic and intuitive abilities. And then, um, we must be able to master emotional freedom. So those are like kind of the four E's I call them for, you know, pillars of survival, whatever you want to talk, call them, but I talk about them in the session. Um, and we work through those four main things. Um, so, and hopefully, like I said, by the end of the 90 minutes, they have the tools that they need, um, to go off and kind of, um, you know, see it as a blessing mm -hmm. Wow. No, that's interesting. I, I'm literally taking notes and everything you say. <laughs> I think it's fascinating. And I think every person, whether you're an empath or not, I think they should do this with you because I, I really believe in this stuff. And in nothing else, it, it empowers you and it makes you a better person. And it helps you to understand anyone in your life that is, you know, so-called sensitive or too emotional or too whatever. I think people should know about this and understand it. And from what I understand with these pillars, you're also helping people not only recognize the negatives in their life, negative people, negative relationships, mm -hmm. uh, things that are toxic, right? And I mean, how, what do you tell people? I mean, for example, we all have toxic relationships and people in our life that should not be, but what if they're a family member? What if these are people in your family that, you know, what, do you just cut them out of your life? I mean, what, what do you suggest with yeah. that? I, I tell people to, again, use their own intuition, right? So that means that if they feel like they want to cut somebody out completely, then that's their choice. And I really believe in free will. I know a lot of people talk about like the law of attraction, but the law of free will is real. So that means yeah. that universe gave us the power of choice. So obviously you, you have a choice, right? Um, and I believe that's why we actually have intuition to help us make a more guided choice, right? More aligned choice, but um, you don't have to cut them out completely. You can have pretty strong boundaries. Um, that's the good thing. And um, yeah. Yeah, that's like a big thing. I think a lot of people, um, you know, we were talking about guilt before. Um, I think a lot of people start having guilt when they have to put a boundary down. But what you're really saying is that when you put a boundary down is that you respect the other person and your relationship with them. So it's really for a positive reason. Um, again, you don't want to have all those heavy emotions like resenting somebody or, you know, um, just like feeling really negative, heavy emotions because you didn't put the boundaries down. Um, you're the only person at fault at that point. Right. Um, right. so it's about accountability too. So boundaries are a positive, positive thing. So. 
Yeah. Oh, that's, that's huge. Yeah. Cause to me, I think <laughs> maybe it's just the way that I am is, you know, when someone is toxic, negative, mm-hmm. I just, I, I just want to cut all ties with them. Right. You, you don't want to see anything. You don't want to see their name. You don't want to hear anything. Mm-hmm. You just want to be done, but that's not always healthy either, especially if it's family member. Right. Yes. So, and I think over the years I've had to learn how to not just cut people out of my life completely, which you know, thankfully I haven't had to do that very often, but I'm finding in this time, in this day and age right now with everything going on in the world and in this country in particular, right? You find out people's true feelings. We've been finding out people's true emotions and uh, thoughts, right? About Mm -hmm. the protests that we've had for black lives, a lot of the issues, how people are politicizing the whole mask wearing thing, even, you know, putting out wrong, false information, non-scientifically based information. Um, And I think you and I are kind of, you know, we're part of a big group of coaches and matchmakers. And to me, it has been so disheartening as well to see some of these people, which I think you may have mentioned as well, these people that are supposed to be experts, coaches, are putting out such false information. And my first instinct is just to cut them completely out of my life. <laughs> but, but, you know, but how else do you do it? I mean, like you, you've talked about it too, right? There's people out there that are putting out this misinformation, false information, wrong information, harmful information, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. so the empath in me and this, this person is always fighting for justice in me is like, oh, hell no. I'm going to correct this behavior. I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to, you know, talk about how wrong they are. And I'm going to show them facts and I'm going to bring up statistics and I'm going to research the hell out of this issue to prove to them how wrong they are. But at the end of the day, then I'm just dead. I'm exhausted trying to prove them wrong. And that's not healthy either. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, like, how does it always end up where you're exhausted and they still have the same opinion? (laughs) Every single fucking time. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't change. And I'm bringing in statistics. I'm bringing in facts. I'm bringing in articles and research. And it's like, why, why am I doing this? I know I always want to fight for everybody, you know, and fight for justice and everything else. But at times, like you said, you need to have boundaries and you need to just walk away. Right. Yeah. I often hear this from people in my life that aren't empathic because I, what I really try to do is obviously it's important to surround yourself with people that are different than you. Right. Like I'm always, have right. said, but it's so important to have other sensitive people empaths around you because we don't need like another reason to make us feel crazy. <laughs> You know what I mean? So um, true. So I, I for, for one, when we're talking about the social media space, I have a mix of both, but naturally more empaths gravitate to me. I mean, basically because of what I do um, for the most part, you know, we're on the same page. But again, there are some people in the spiritual community, you know, I always thought I was a conspiracy theorist, but they're really <laughs> a conspiracy <laughs> theorist. And, you know, I'm like, I, I, I let some things roll off, you know, um, but there are other things that do trigger me and I do, you know, do the unfriending thing, right? But again, it comes down to choice. You know, what are you able to, you know, 
tolerate and what are you not, you know, nothing is right or wrong. It's really, again, an intuitive process, right? So what can you handle and what you can't? So, um, you you know, and talking about before, you know, a lot of people can't cut off a lot of these relationships because maybe they're their parents and they just have really strict boundaries with them. Or um, I know I've heard a lot of horror stories of like, you know, having a child with like somebody that's a narcissist, Mm -hmm. obviously you have to be in their lives at least until they're 18, you know, like things like that. So there are circumstances where, you you know, it's probably not the best thing, but again, use your own intuition to figure out, you know, what is the best thing for you. So, right. Yeah. That's so important. And, you know, I guess, you know, one, if you could give one piece of advice to people right now, as with everything going on and all the struggle and, you know, it's a roller coaster of emotions, right? Every day. Yeah. It's it's a it's a different feeling and there's day there's good days, there's bad days. We're still not out of this pandemic and everything going on. What would be the one piece of advice that you would tell people how to cope with all the negativity going on in the world? Well, I would actually say it's like a general rule to just ask yourself what you need most in the morning. Like wake up and say, what do I need the most of today? Mm -hmm. And if that is, you know, a heavy self-care, if that means going to the park because you really need nature, then do those things. You know, I understand that people have other obligations and things like that, but actually right now, like I think a lot of people have for the most part, like some downtime, but I think just asking yourself those questions and being conscious about it and then using your own intuition to really feel into it, like really use it and say, what do I actually need um, to, you know, manage my emotions? Like, do I need to cry it out? Do I need to call a friend and just vent? (laughs) Or, and by the way, if you do that, ask your friend if it's okay, if you, you know, dump all over Before (laughs) you start, right. (laughs) Be responsible about it. Um, But really just ask yourself what, what you need and just go for that. I think a lot of times, you know, why I'm so passionate too about intuition is that I feel like we feel like we, we don't, like listening to your intuition puts you in a state of flow where things get a little bit easier. So if we just start following and asking ourselves what we actually need, we'll get more into that flow, like a synchronistic type, like I can't explain it any other way, but like, yeah. flow, you know, where you're, it's not a lot of forcing energy. Right. So yeah. um, I, I think that's like the, the single most important thing that anybody could do. Yeah. So I, I think that that's huge. And again, I'm taking notes. So it's every, I, I know it's, <laughs> I feel like I'm in class, but I really, I love that. You know, I think that's, that's important to do that is to remember these things. And, you know, I don't know if you ever watched um, the show Being Mary Jane, Be- Being Mary Jane, was it? With Gabrielle Union. Oh, I love her, but I've never heard of that show. Okay, well, it's done now, but there was like four seasons, five seasons or something. It was amazing. And she had sticky notes on her mirror. Every morning she would get up and, you know, it said different things. And like what you said about ask yourself every morning, what do you need today? How do you feel today? What do you need out of the day today? And that's, she had all those, you know, post-its on her wall. I'm, I'm a superwoman. I'm this. And, um you know, remember to do this and remember to thank yourself. And I mean, it was just kind of like, you know, not to be corny, you know, the little empowerment, whatever notes, but 
I feel like people need that. I need that. I need to remind myself. I need to remember those things every morning, you know, and every day is different, right? Every day is going to be different and you're going to need different things every single day. So you can't wake up every day and just do the same thing again, whether you feel it or not. Right. Right. It's about getting back to basics for sure. Um, It does sound like as we're talking about, it does sound obvious, but I actually just put something on my Facebook like a couple hours ago where I was talking about self-care and Mm -hmm. I know it's it's this word that gets thrown out around in like the self-development and spiritual communities, but it's a cliche for a reason because it's true. (laughs) We, Right. we need to take care of ourselves like we and we need to be reminded because we don't and it's i know it sounds simple but it's you know it's not that obvious so it's not yeah and we forget you know we get so wrapped up with things i have to remind myself every day about things that i need you know you need right. to go for a walk do some yoga meditate just sit here for 5 minutes and do nothing you know right. <laughs> just stare at the ceiling if you have to out the window so right. i think it's so important but yeah, well, I really, really thank you for all your wisdom and little tidbits here and there. Uh, it's so important, and I love talking to you every time. We need to uh, do this again. Yes. Uh, if, is, was there anything else that you want to share with our listeners before we go? Um, that empath empowerment session, um, I believe it is on my website, but, um, you're putting up show notes, you said? Yes, I will. Okay, cool. So I will definitely include a link. Um, it is super, um, helpful again, especially times like now it's just a 90 minute intensive. It's not like a long-term commitment. And most people that kind of come out of the session, um, have a better idea of, of what they really need to work on or focus on to really, make sure that, again, they're a functioning, sensitive person in today's world, so. Yeah, I think it's good for all ages as well, right? I mean, I think I would I would encourage even teenagers to do this because I think they need this right now, especially, you know, how so many of them are missing their social interaction, their circles, their friends, and... Um, um, Things like that. That's crazy. yeah. Everything, sports, and just you know having normal, normal life. So, but thank you so so much for being here today. Thank you for all the information. Um, and again, your website is justineluzzy.com. I will put everything up. They can also find you on Facebook, and I'll have all the notes and everything. And thank you again so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Stay well, everyone. We'll be back again next week. So tune in for next show.